The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. It's just about going 20 past five. Joining us on the line now, our correspondent from Israel, Rolene Marks. Rolene, good afternoon. Great always to have you on board. Always great to be here. Well, indeed, quite a few things we need to unpack, Rolene, but uh, something that uh, we spoke about earlier on, something very important to discuss. Uh, one of our listeners uh, asked, uh, is it being mentioned that Israel will take back the Gaza? Perhaps ask Rolene if this could happen. Let's just clarify that because we have broached that subject before. I think it's a, a very important question, especially in light of Prime Minister Netanyahu's comments on ABC television in the States last night. Right. Now, uh, he said that Israel will be responsible for Gaza security indefinitely. Now, I want to be clear. We don't want to reoccupy Gaza. I don't think that this is a call to reoccupy Gaza. What has been uh, discussed, and we still don't know th- what the uh, final reality will look like, mm. is that we cannot go back to the 6th of October. We cannot go back to a terror enclave living on our borders. Um, we know that conversations are being had with the Palestinian Authority, with the Saudis, with other countries, with the United States. And what I surmise happening, and uh, this is not a final outcome, is uh, probably a... Uh, a confederation of some sorts of, of countries that will uh, look after Gaza or uh, it, will, it could possibly be handed to the Palestinian Authority with certain provisos, with certain provisos that it become mm. uh, demilitarized. So we don't have a final uh, uh Discussion or outcome, what this will look like. Right. We do know that Israel does not want to occupy Gaza. Oh, Carol, I hope uh, Rodin answered that loud and clear for you. That's where things stand regarding uh, Gaza at the moment. Rodin, let's move on now to onto everything diplomatic. Well, earlier on, I was chatting to a guest uh, regarding Israel's uh, diplomatic relations with certain countries, or should I say now lack of, with diplomats being recalled, uh, given their opinion on the uh, war on terror in Israel. One of them, of course, being South Africa, who recently withdrew their, her diplomats from Israel. And, of course, South Africa having problems with Israel's ambassador to South Africa. Well, South Africa's stance has been utterly repugnant during this uh, this whole scenario. You know, today marks a month since the atrocities were committed against our our people in Israel, the the most horrific uh, genocide against the Jewish people since the end of of the Holocaust. Uh, I have been listening to to testimonies today uh, from the burial societies, the people responsible for ensuring that families could bury uh, their loved ones uh, and the conditions that these bodies were in are are, are too traumatic Mm. to even um, recount here. And and South Africa, not only did South Africa fail at the outset to condemn the atrocities, to express any empathy to the Israeli people, uh, but their immediate reaction out of the gate was basically to say, well, you deserved it. 
you, you've created this and that and this and that. And, and, you know, while we can have plenty of discussions about, um, occupation and land and, and whatnot, and those conversations are always ongoing, what you cannot do is draw any kind of moral equivalence between what Hamas did on the 7th of October mm. and, and what the State of Israel is doing in our defense, which is legal uh, under the international laws of armed conflict. The other issue is that uh, uh, family members who've had their loved ones murdered or kidnapped have not heard from the South African government. No empathy, uh, nothing in that respect. And then we have the absolutely outrageous uh, notion of uh, uh, Foreign Minister Naledi Pandor speaking to Hamas, speaking to Hamas leader Ismail Haniye, speaking about their solidarity and offering humanitarian aid, but not once um, uh, did she call for the immediate release of the hostages, which would be effectively mm-hmm. a good step towards ending uh, the war against Hamas and, and what's happening in, in, in Gaza. And then she went on to meet with Al-Khamenei, uh, in Iran, the, the the sponsor behind these heinous attacks, and now we have this latest diplomatic brouhaha where there has been an attack against uh, the ambassador, Ambassador Belotsukovsky. Um, I think they were due to make a statement at three o'clock today. Mm-hmm. That statement still, um, I see, hasn't come through. Uh, and then recalling diplomats. Well, I don't know how many diplomats there are because there's only a liaison office in, in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think the uh, foreign minister realizes that there hasn't been an ambassador to Israel since 2018. Correct. <laughs> Roland, let's just see what transpires here. Yeah? yeah, let's just see how uh, diplomatic efforts and relations continue between South Africa and Israel. Let's just move on from that. We don't, again, so time just goes so quickly when we chat to you. I must tell, talk to Sina. Uh, yeah, the, the listeners are correct. We need more time with you. Now, something I wanted to uh, broach with you, something uh, yesterday, was uh, Jordan's humanitarian aid package to Gaza. All right, this did uh, happen yesterday, but there's uh, there, there are questions being asked around this as to exactly what did this package contain what is the latest there we know that it was mostly medicine that medicine mm. was airdropped okay. uh, over the uh, over the Gaza strip this was brokered by Israel along with the United States okay. and uh, uh and Jordan. So this was dropping medical aid. It's interesting that they did not include the Egyptians and Rafa crossing. They bypassed Rafa crossing. We also know that the United Arab Emirates have sent five planes in order to set up a field hospital for the people of Gaza. But I also want to stress, because this is very, very important, that uh, Israel has uh, opened up a humanitarian corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is despite Hamas firing mortars towards the humanitarian corridor over the weekend, and it was reopened today. You can actually see footage, and I have to give the IDF credit. They are supplying footage, even declassifying information so that we get uh, as much information of what is happening at, at all times. You can actually see people moving down um, uh, Salahuddin Street. That's the, the main road in the Gaza Strip, you can see people walking past 
moving south, some of them holding up white flags. There was a woman captured on television uh, saying, you know, they keep shooting at us, not the Israeli soldiers. She said they, uh, they don't harm us in any way. So the they can only mean Hamas. And we have mm-hmm. heard numerous eyewitness accounts, even seen footage that Hamas uh, are shooting at civilians trying to get Whoa. to the safe zones in, in the south of the Strip. So uh, I really want to reiterate it because I know you're mm. seeing images in your media, you're hearing in your media, and, and the constant blame. Right. Uh, Israel is doing everything that we are uh, obliged to do under the laws of international law and um, armed conflict in protecting the civilian population. In, in, in fact, no other army in uh, military history have done as much as Israel does do to safeguard civilians in a time of war. This is not a time of escalation. This is not just a time of conflict. We are, are in a time of war. Roland, thanks for clearing that up. Something I, I'm, uh, we haven't got much time left. Something I just wanted to, uh, I'm hoping you can help out with. Earlier on, I spoke to Dan Ilio, who's a member of the Knesset for the Liquid Party. We were talking about this National Day of Mourning, and one of our listeners, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, asked uh, about... Um, Reaction to this day of mourning from the Arab parties, because Dan spoke about, uh, you know, like uh, liaising going on between uh, parties and people talking to each other, something you'd never seen before, given that, you know, there's a strong sense of solidarity right now in Israel. Maybe you can possibly answer this for us. Um, how have Arab parties reacted to this national day of mourning? Uh, extremely united. Uh, we had okay. Ma'am, which is the Islamist party, uh, yesterday actually uh, uh, tell one of their MKs or, or suspend one of their MKs for uh, calling doubt as to the severity sure. of this. But remember, there have been dozens of Arabs who were murdered, uh, over uh, 20 Bedouin who were murdered, uh, right. even a Palestinian from East Jerusalem was murdered. You know, Hamas came for everybody, for Muslims, for Christians, for Jews, for yes. Arabs. Uh, it, it, it does. They, they came for Israel. They came to murder Israel. So we will uh, mourn together and, and we will remember together. And there's an incredible sense of unity in this country at the moment. And anyone who deviates from that is, is uh, being lambasted and ostracized. Mike, I hope you... Um I hope that answers your question. The, the question came from Mike Rolin, how have the Arab parties reacted in the Knesset? You've underlined the point very clearly there, Rolin. We have to wrap up once again. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care and stay blessed. Until the same time tomorrow when we chat again, Rolin Marks, our correspondent from Israel. So that's what's happening in Israel right now.